Amen. Good to see everybody here tonight. Well, we are starting a new series tonight. And this is going to be really kind of a part three, four, five, whatever it is, really dovetailing from the last series. Because reality is, folks, we're, the war isn't over. The kingdom is still here. It's still advancing. It's still looking for those who are ready to do battle. We learned last week in, or the, over the series that God has not left us weaponless. He's given us, of course, his word. He's given us prayer, and he's given us worship, right? He gave us worship. Tonight, we offered up. We did battle tonight because when we lift Jesus Christ up, he draws men to himself. He does amazing things, things that we may not have even been be fully aware of, but we can confidently know things are happening. Things are happening in the spirit over people's lives. Tonight, I want to begin. We're talking about forward. And now, I've done a series called Forward, and that's the reason why we're calling it Part 2, or Forward to the Second Power. We're moving forward, and we're kind of having to reset because of all that has happened in the last year and a half, and, uh, and is actually still happening. And so, we're resetting. And so, tonight, I'm launching out again to just come back and fire us up and talking about what it is that God has called us to do as a church. So, this is Part 1 in this this, this encouragement, this exhortation to fire us up. The title of tonight's message is The Starving Man Mourns the Seed. The Starving Man Mourns the Seed. I want you to finish this statement for me tonight. You're welcome to yell it out if you know it. But finish this statement for me. The best defense is a great... Isn't that right? We know that to be true, don't we? You know, we rarely win battles without a fight. Sometimes... You just got to fight. And we learned about that in this last series. In war, it is a common goal before the battle to obtain what we call the high ground. And I could talk a lot about that as far as military history and why that's about 90% of the time it's true. It is best defended when we think of the high ground, but it's also best used to launch an attack. The high ground for us. What is the high ground for us? It, of course, is the Word of God. It is what we rally around. It is, it is what we can only hold on to in times of darkness, in times of confusion, in times of challenge, in times of the fog of war. The Word of God is our rally point. It is our high ground. Last month, of course, I laid the foundation for what we're going to talk about over the next couple of weeks, and that is advancing God's kingdom no matter what. Jesus considered all that we would face. We need to remember that. When Jesus said, now go into all the nations, he took into consideration that we would be resisted. He took into consideration that there would be nations that would rise up against the gospel, that there would be martyrs. And of course, historically, we know that to be true. The gospel advanced through one of the darkest, dominating uh, uh, world powers that this world has known in the Roman uh, conquest and, and domination. Jesus knew all this, and yet in the face of all that said, go. He knew we would have pandemics. He knew that there would be times when governments would rise up and try to deceive us. In fact, we have whole letters from Paul saying exactly what we're seeing happen, would happen. And yet in the face of all that, he said, go. He didn't say go unless he said go. When Jesus returns, he expects to find faith. Faith, because of what he's given us. 
He gave us, a, he gave us everything we need in order to be able to grow into faith. And, and he's, he's done incredible things, and he's given us incredible weapons and truths. He expects to come back and see us multiplying the talents that he's given us, multiplying the weapons that he's given us. You know, in this world, folks, we cannot change this world by reasoning with it. This generation cannot be reasoned with. Perhaps you've already figured that out. They must be shown the light. They must be shown the fruit. See, dining on ashes or the empty promises of failed isms is what is awaiting all who seek a godless, immoral, defaced image of what God had intended for humanity. And you would think that in the most modern time in history that we would be more progressed, more loving, more, you know, treating of our fellow human beings with more respect. In fact, the opposite is true. So how can we succeed? How do we continue to move forward, even in the midst of a, a, of a great outpouring of evil and disrespect and hatred and confusion and deceit? Folks, folks, I'll tell you right now tonight, it's more than just positive thinking. It's more than just being nice. It's more than just having a religious expression. See, Jesus came to reveal the secrets to the kingdom of God. And that's what I want to talk to you tonight. I want to talk to you tonight about the secrets. And Jesus, how he did it was so simple. He, he shared them in parables. And there's so many that I wish I could share with you tonight, but I'm only going to share really one principle. And Jesus said, so he gathered his disciples together. He'd been teaching them in parables. And so they pulled him, Jesus aside and said, why did, you, why did you teach in parables? And he says it right here in Matthew 13, 11 through 13. He replied, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you but not to them. Whoever has, now catch this, whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. Folks, we're describing what takes place in our culture every single day. And, it's, and, and, and there's a lot of boasting going on of the knowledge that we have, what we have discovered, what we know, what we have in books. We have the Internet. We have instant access to knowledge. And yet, are we any smarter? Are we any wiser? Have we advanced or are we even devolving when it comes to the things that we, we would like to celebrate? Well, Jesus is sharing here. He's saying, look, I am downloading truths that only those who have a hungry heart, only those who are, who are insisting of knowing the truth will understand, will discover it. In the book of Proverbs, it says that wisdom is like a buried treasure. And that you got to go digging for it. Even Jesus talked about the pearl of great price, didn't he? That you would go and buy the field. That we would be so committed to finding those truths that will change our lives. And notice what Jesus said would happen 
either to how, when we discovered the, the secrets to the kingdom of God or whether we didn't. And look how he describes it here. That those who have will be given more. Have what? Everything. Everything. Joy. Peace. Blessing. Favor. Success. Money. All of it. And yet he says, for those who do not seek him, for those who resist him, for those who are not listening, who are not seeking the truth, who are not digging for the buried treasure, the secrets to the kingdom of God, what they have will even be taken from them. So here he's placed it out there. And Christian, I'm telling you right now, so many of us, we run past, we, we have this wonderful Bible, but we haven't taken the time to really dig and seek for those secrets, to, to, to really understand them. Of course, that's why we have the church. That's why you have pastors and teachers. That's why you have apostles and prophets. You have these, they're, they're given to us in the church to help us find those secrets. But folks, here's the thing. You really don't have to dig for them. They're literally laying out there in the lawn for us to just pick up and discover. But what is interesting is that I have found, whether it be in my own life or having been teaching this for as many years as I've been teaching it, that some of these secrets are as plain as the nose on your face, but we refuse to believe them. We refuse to apply them. But I want you to understand something. You need to understand this, that when it comes to whether you apply truth or whether you don't, what Jesus is saying here still applies, even for Christians. What you're saying, Pastor, are you saying that even what I have will be taken from me if I don't apply these secrets to the kingdom of God? Yes. Unfortunately, yes. Okay, did, you know, I thought becoming a Christian was going to guarantee that I would have joy, that it would guarantee that I'd have a great marriage. It would guarantee that I would always have plenty and abundance so that I could give it away and just be happy. <clears throat> like we can all say that that's not necessarily true. In fact, a lot of us learn the hard way, don't we? And we realize that there are things that we're missing, that there are truths, and, and we wonder, wait a minute, I'm a Christian. Why am I not prospering in my soul? Why am I not experiencing the joys and the, 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 the fountain that's abundant fountain that's always just pouring, like it says, the, the water of life? Why am I not experiencing that? Well, Jesus is, it would remind us by the Holy Spirit to say, well, I told you how to do it. I shared the secrets. Are you picking them up? Are you believing them? Are you applying them? Let's talk about some of those secrets tonight. What secrets are we really talking about? Well, the truth is, folks, it's only a secret to those who are not listening. And I hope you open your hearts tonight to listen. The simple secret that Jesus shared with us is found in nature. He said, consider the seed. Consider the seed. Every time you open up, a, you, you, you have an apple. You eat an apple. What do you get to the center? What do you find on the middle? You find the seeds. You cut an orange and you open it up and you see it. What do you find? You find the seeds. When you want to plant your garden, you go and you get seeds. You watch flowers. They create seeds. You see the birds out in, the, out in your yard eating seeds. We see seeds everywhere. And Jesus is saying, hey, look. It's a secret, but it's not really a secret. 
The secret is this. Just consider the seed. Look at it. If you will understand the power of what God put into his creation, if you will just take a moment to just look at the the. the, the, the unbelievable truths. Well, they're believable, but what I'm saying is, is they're so simple, and they're right there. If we will apply them, how much they'll change our lives. He's more than just saying, look at the seed. He's saying, in the seed is a strategy that describes how the kingdom of God works. How it works. If you look in Matthew chapter 13, and I'm not going to teach the whole uh, parable, but I'll, I'll, I'll uh, paraphrase it for us tonight or just tell you. So Jesus is saying, look, the kingdom of God, and he talks about many different seeds, doesn't he? He gives several analogies of different kinds of seeds. But this one he says, I want you to consider the sower. The sower goes out and he sows the seed, and he, he casts it. Back in the Old Testament, the way they would do it, they wouldn't do rows like the way we do rows. They would just plow up a, a, a circle. A, a, an area, and they would cast seed in that area. So they'd just have a bag of seed, and they would throw it, and they would let the wind broadcast the seed. And then you would go, and you'd bury it up under, and it would be, that's how you do it. We, plots is the way, essentially, they farmed. But if you read, he says, now the sower went out to seed, and what happened is he cast the seed, wind got a hold of that, and some of that seed would fall in different places. Some would fall on rocky places, some would fall among the weeds, and some would fall on good soil. And he said, now watch what happens with the seed. And he goes, now if you'll take time and observe what is taking place, you're going to understand an incredible amount of what is taking place around you. He says, so the seed is being cast, and he says, that seed that falls on rocky soil, it grows up pretty quickly. But because it has no foundation, because the roots are not there, it dies off when the heat comes. And he says, then the seed that falls among the thorns, he says, it begins to grow up, but the thorns are growing there too, and it chokes it, chokes it off, and then those die. And he says, but then the seed that's sown in good soil takes root, germinates, grows the stalk, then the, and then the full fruit, and he says, then it bears fruit. The disciples are listening to this, and they're like, I wonder what he really means about this. You know, they know there's something deep there because Jesus didn't say anything that wasn't deep. You know, he didn't just talk to talk. They knew something incredibly important was being spoken in that. And so he pulled them aside. He goes, well, let me just tell you. He says, the seed, of course, is the word of God, and the different soils are different hearts. And when the, soil, when the seed is sown into rocky soil or a heart that, doesn't, that, that, that is shallow, that seed gets there initially, but that it doesn't take root. And when the first struggle comes, when pressures of life come, it just it shrivels and dies. And then he says, then the one is about the Lord. And then he talked about the ones, and I missed this one. He said the one on just a rock, the, 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 the uh, ravens will come immediately and eat it up. And he goes, and that's Satan. Satan will pluck the word of God out of your heart immediately if, if there's no soil. So he goes down through, then he describes the power of what is really taking place here. But the truth of the matter, folks, when we look at really, I mean, because you can look at all the soils and you can spend time with that, but what I really want to focus on is the seed that falls on the good soil. And, but in order to get a crop, and this is the one thing that seems the most obvious, but, but it's the one we miss, 
that to even have any fruit at all, you got to sow the seed. You got to have a sower. You got to have something being sown in your life. And, and, and so let's make the assumption here tonight that we have good hearts, that you are people that are here, that your soil is good. Your heart was plowed up and, 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 and during worship and you plowed it up and you got it all prepared. And now you're saying, okay, now pastor, give us the seed and let it be sown into our hearts and so it begins to grow. Amen. Let's make that assumption here tonight. So he's showing us how to be fruitful. How to be fruitful. The sower, when he puts the seed in good soil, is rewarded with exponential growth. See, the wonderful thing about what we see in nature is that when we put the seed in the ground, it doesn't just produce one-to-one. When we put the seed in the ground, we don't just get another seed that comes up or the original fruit that it came from. It's just like, boop, and one. Mm-mm. What we find in nature, and have you ever thought of this? Have you ever thought and considered why God did this other than to show us a secret of the kingdom of God? And Jesus was saying, look, you don't have to go to seminary to figure this out. You don't have to have a bunch of rabbis come into your home and explain all these different levels of heaven. You don't have to connect with angels and, and secret documents and, and go into pyramids and, and dig and find archaeological You don't have to do any of that. You just have to look at a daggone seed and realize that when you put it in the ground, it multiplies exponentially so that the value of the seed has incredible value. Incredible value. But I want to remind you what the title of my sermon one here is, is tonight. Is the starving man mourns the seed. Why does the starving man mourn the seed? Because he ate it. He didn't put it in the ground. And then he's feeling bad because he looks over at the other fields and he sees their fields full. How did you get so much? Well, I put my seeds in the ground. Well, yeah, but why'd you do that? Well, because that's what you got to do. You got to put the seed in the ground, which means you don't have the seed anymore, right? (laughs) It's not your seed anymore. You've given it away. You've put it in the ground. You can no longer eat that. And you know what's interesting is you also find this in nature. That when an orange falls from a tree, it has plenty of seeds inside it, doesn't it? But it's more than just the seeds. When that orange goes to the ground, it is prepared, encapsulated. It is a growing machine. It has all the fluid it needs. It has what it will have initially begin to to germinate with all of the the, the nutrients and the things that are surrounding it. What is it? It, it? It falls to the ground, and it can reproduce itself. See, the devil tries to get us to eat our seed. The devil tries to come and gobble up the seed. And Jesus pointed that out. Jesus pointed out and said, devil knows to keep the seed from you. The devil knows to keep you from sowing seeds. He knows that God wants us to be fruitful and to multiply. Obviously, that's built into our DNA, which is why the enemy hates babies, which is why he wants to destroy us from being able to be fruitful and to continue to replicate ourselves. 
It's all there. He wants to steal that from us, folks. But the sower, when he understands through discipline, when he understands through patience, when he understands nature and and knows that it is a secret that he needs to walk in. So Jesus is jumping and saying, look, let me tell you the way the kingdom of God works. If you will sow your life, if you will sow your time, if you will sow your energy and your finances, because it always includes money, always does. If you will sow the seed that I have given you and poured into your life and you'll put some of it into the ground and you walk away from it and it's just like, uh, I, I can't have that seed anymore. It's, it's, it's given away. It's gone. But I'm trusting that what Jesus said was a secret, was a principle that you can observe in nature. I'm going to trust that eventually it's going to bear fruit and not just one-to-one, but exponential. When you pour time into your child's life, one word of of love and confidence, sowing it into their heart. When you take time to to, uh, communicate to God, to put those seeds of the word of God in your heart, when you take time to do things out of faith, those are seeds that are being sown every day. I was just sharing with the staff and saying, look, you know, when when you're a young man or a young woman, those are the days of sowing seeds. In fact, we never stop sowing seeds. But when you first walk onto the field and you don't have many crops and you're first getting started and you want to have a good life, you want to have a good marriage, you want to have, you, you want to have success in life when you're first starting out, then think of the seed. It's time you say, well, look, I want people, I want faithful people around me. I want to be treated honestly and justly. I want to have people who love me and care for me. Well, then doggone it, you better sow those seeds. If you're faithful, then you'll get faithfulness exponentially. If you love people, even simply, then people will love you exponentially. Folks, we're talking about a secret of the kingdom of God, and do you notice that it applies to every aspect of your life? And yet we forget it because we eat the seed. We know the good that we should do, but we swallow those words. We know we should take time out of our lives to do things for the kingdom of God, to advance it, to share the, the, the light that's in our heart. But we don't. We eat our seed. And the starving man mourns the seed because what did Jesus, I want to take you back to this because it's in the Bible and it's important that we understand this because not only will you not experience exponential fruit, what you have will be taken from you. You understand this. This is a secret. And Jesus is pulling him aside. He's not even talking about anything uh, Hebraic. I mean, he's not talking about history. He's just saying, Can I, come on, gather around. Let me tell you how it works. You see it in nature. And as long as man ignores it, he will never tap into what God created from the very beginning. We sow those seeds. You know, I didn't do it perfectly, and, and I'm, I'm certainly not here to pat myself on the back, but I was grateful to God that I learned some of these principles early. When I was a young man, when I took my strength 
and took it away from football and decided to sow it in a different way. When I took my life away from the things that I, that I yearned to do but said, no, I'm going to give it here. I'm going to throw it away. I'm going to throw it into the ground. I'm going to give my life to helping another man achieve his success. I am going to be patient in waiting for a wife who I knew shared my heart and values for the kingdom of God. I'm going to, be, I'm going to trust God, and I'm going to value what it is that God values, and I'm going to sow those seeds. I, again, I've done it perfectly. There's no way that I have. But I've, under, I've understood enough of the secret that, look, you know, folks, here, here's the truth. All it takes is a couple of seeds, and you get the process started. But if you eat the seed, then the starving man mourns it. He mourns it because what, what, what do they say? Daggone it. I should have put that seed in the ground. Because I look over at the other person's field, and man, it's lush. And they're bringing in the harvest, and they're rejoicing. And they're seeing, and not only do they have enough to, 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 to enjoy for themselves, they have enough to give away to bless their neighbors. And guess what? They have more seed to sow, and that's what they keep doing. Do you see how the kingdom of God works here? That's why he's saying it's a secret. And the good news is, folks, you can always start now. You can always start now. You know, we just have to discipline ourselves. We just have to stop and say, okay, I, would, I want more joy and peace in my life. I want to experience more favor and blessing. You know, sometimes when people are trapped in poverty, when people are trapped in things that, that are imploding and, and they, don't, they, they don't feel like they can crawl out of the hole, you know what? I understand that. I've worked with people all my life to help them say, look, you can start now. You really can. But you got to put it in the ground. And even if it's only one seed, even if it's only one seed, it's the only seed I got. It's the only seed I got. But do you realize what it represents? Do you realize what it can do? I'm just going to trust God with that. And watch what happens. It's a secret. But not really. Not anymore. Jesus said he spoke in parables so that those who had the hungry heart, those who wanted to experience fruit, would discover this. But those who have a hard heart, those who are selfish, those who are full of pride, those who are, nah, 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 I don't want to hear what you want to say. I don't want to be a part of the kingdom of God. I don't want to experience. Well, then you don't see the secret and you miss it. But isn't a loving God so awesome to show us everywhere we go that the secret is so plain? It's not really a secret if you're looking. Not really at all. Jesus told us, look, it's the devil who is going to try to convince us to hold or eat the seed. He's going to try to steal it from us. He's going to try to choke the seed out with the cares of this world. But folks, this incredible truth, when acted upon, will change the course of a believer's fortunes, every aspect of their life. And I know I know for certain that there are, this church is full of people who have testimonies this way. People have come up to me and said, you know, Pastor, I never really served in the church. 
But since I've started serving, I've noticed an abundance of joy and peace in my life. I never had a, had a family, but now I've got one. You know, Pastor, I've never shared my faith, but ever since I've been going out, ever since I've, I've jumped into the soup kitchen and, and gotten past my fears and sowed my Saturday mornings, put that seed in the ground of something else I could be doing, when I put that seed in the ground, Wow, I've watched my life. I've seen other things happen. I've seen my relationships be restored. Sowing seeds on Monday night with Celebrate Recovery. The volunteer to, to pour in. You know what? <laughs> and there are, there are some so, uh, soils that are more fertile than others. And I'll tell you that for true and for certain. That when you pour your, put your seed into that, and you know what? We need to think about that too. We need to think about the soil that we're getting. I remember my pastor told me years ago, and he said, David, when it comes to giving of your time, when it comes to giving of your money, think about the soil. Make sure you put it in good soil. You know? I mean, any gardener's going to do that, right? You see a bunch of red clay, and it's, it, you know, things are dying around it. Well, man, I, it'll be different for me. No. It's bad soil. Don't put it in there. Go find you some loam, man. Go, go find you some rich soil that you see other things growing in it. When you're like, whoa, that's, that's fertile stuff. That's where I'm going to put my seed. That's where I'm going to put my time. That's going to put my energy. Because that is going to change my life. That is going to give me the exponential blessing that I'm looking for. See, the temptation is to mourn the seed and not sow it. We're called to sow our time, our energy, our finances, and all that come from us, including our children, for the kingdom of God. And you know what? It breaks my heart sometimes when parents come to me and say, well, you know, they're just all going to figure it out. No. They're not going to figure it out. The Bible strictly tells us to raise up your child in the way they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. That's what the Bible tells us. Yeah. You know, we, I mean, would a football coach walk out on the field and say, hey, guys, great to see you all. Look, um, I'm going to go into the, in the, the locker room. You guys figure it out. We got a game Friday night. Hope it works. What's a football, right? See, we laugh at that. But I think a lot of parents do that with their kids. Oh, yeah, well, they just figure it out on their own. Oh, shoot. I guess I should have told him about that highway. I know I'm being mean. But folks, sometimes we need to wake up and realize that yes, children are a blessing from God. And, and we are. They're seeds that have been given to us. And we need to, they're arrows in our quiver. And we're to shoot them as far as they can fly, filled with the grace and the power and the knowledge of God. We need to teach them the secrets of the, God, of, the, of the kingdom of God. I don't want them to figure that on their own after years of fruitless living. No way. We're called to sow our time, our energy, our finances, and all that come from us. And folks, when we do, we're going to see tremendous fruit. You know, sometimes, and we sing, I'm, gonna, I'm getting ready to say something. I hope it doesn't make you uncomfortable. And if it does, well, I don't really care. But anyway, <laughs> I'm going to say this. You know, there's a lot of class warfare. There's a lot of talk of poverty. There's a lot of talk of comparing of lives. And you know what? If you'll understand the secrets of the kingdom of God, 
There's not a single human being on this planet that should suffer starvation or deprivation in any way if we'll just look to God as our provider. I know there's whole political systems that disagree with what I just said there, but I'm telling you, God says, look, I am your provider. I know every hair on your head. I take care of the, the birds and, and feed them and care for them if you'll just but trust me. But see, there are whole systems and governments and, and peoples and places that have given up on God. In fact, communism has to be godless. It has to be godless because you can't compete with people who say, well, no, I'm trusting God to be my supplier. No, 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 we can't have any of that. That's why it has to be godless. Need to think about that. Need to think about that. Folks, as a church, we embrace this secret as best we can. Knowing that we're training you, we, we encourage you to give your life. So folks, what I'm telling you ultimately is, I believe this is good soil. How many baptized this year, so far this year? 23? 23 people. And the average church, no more than one a year. I'd say that's exponential growth. I'd say that God is blessing us. You know, in fact, you know what God does? God goes around and he looks for those he can pour. He says, no, there's a faithful servant. I'm going to give him more. Take away that one who had it and give it to the one who will be faithful with it. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. And maybe we've seen a little bit of that. And I could, I, I, I could say a little more on that end, but that, that would be boasting and I don't want to do that. But God has blessed us. And so I'm, I'm just honestly saying, look, I think we're good soil, folks. I think we're a church that is saying we're ready to kick butt and take names. I think we're a church that's ready to fight the good fight. I think we're a church that cares and loves for people. I think we're a church that wants to help them get set free. I think we're a church that wants to feed our poor. I think we're a church that wants to train our people what the Bible really says. I think we're a church that says, hey, come on in and worship with all your heart. You can't sing? No problem. We play it loud. <laughs> yeah? Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> I may have stepped on something there, but anyway. <laughs> Folks, I think we're a good soil. And God has shown us that. I'm so grateful for our elders because they believe it too. They've been behind me and our staff 100%. They see and know that we're heading in the right direction. They look up and see that our sails are full and say, this is good. We're going where God wants us to go. Folks, I want to take you there as best I can. All I can do is create good soil. But you got to put the seed in. You got to sow it. I wish I could sow it for you. Uh, you wouldn't want me doing that, but you know what I'm saying. But you got to put the seed in. And you know, you might look in your bag and say, well, I got about 30,000 seeds. And I'll just put one in. Well, that's fine. What if you grab a handful? What if you are more diligent to sow a lot more seed of time, energy, finances, and purpose 
folks are going to take more to change the tide of what we see happening in our world today. It's going to take more than what we're given. It's going to take more than of our time and energy and focus. Folks, it's time to turn off your TV. It's time to put down your phone. It's time to stop getting mesmerized and walking around like a bunch of internet zombies and wake up and smell the reality of a wonderful life of adventure. Look, you know what? Space is not the final frontier. The final frontier is the spirit realm. And man, I'm telling you, it's exciting. You, know, you can fight. You, you want to fight, you know, uh, weird things? Well, they're out there. Plenty to go around. To exclaim this truth. Jesus taught about the mustard seed, right? He said, look. He said, let me tell you about the seed because you're all thinking about the seed. He said, look. The mustard seed is the smallest seed. And when you put it in the ground, he says, look what amazing thing it turns into. He was trying to over and over again show the disciples. It doesn't matter how big the seed is. If you, you, you've just got to put it in the ground. And then he said this. In John 12, verse 24, Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, secret of the kingdom of God, it remains only a simple seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Did Jesus just turn the corner with this secret? He did, didn't he? He said, all I've been teaching you about seeds, I'm now getting ready to show you. That I am so committed to this secret of the kingdom of God, I am going to throw myself into the dirt. And I am going to die. And I'm going to show you forever how it works. He threw himself into the grave, and what came out? Thousands, millions, nations. Heaven will be filled up with the seeds and the reward of one man giving his life. Unless the seed goes into the ground, folks, you can't have the exponential experience. You, and, I, and I say experience because it applies to everything. It's more than just money, isn't it, Bruce? It's more than, it, it needs to include that. But it's more than that. It's a secret of the kingdom of God. Not just one, it is literally the thing that makes this thing happen. So folks, I'm, I, I want to really dangle it in front of you. I really want to challenge you to test it and see and watch God change your fortunes Turn your life around. Watch it happen. The secret is not a secret any longer. It's out there. It's plain for every man and woman and child to see. Can you imagine what heaven will be like on that day between the goats, the, the goats and the sheep and when it will be laid bare and how so many will look at it and say, this was incredibly simple. How in the heck did I miss it? Because it's everywhere. It's everywhere. So folks, we're going to finish tonight with prayer. And we're going to ask God to help us. We're going to ask God to help us take the step. To ask God to help us look at this secret and begin applying it to our lives. It's going to take some faith, but all you need is a mustard seed, right? But after a while, what I have found 
is that after a while when you do discover this secret and you begin to see it happening in your children, when you begin to see it happening in your life, begin to see it happening in your soul and in your finances, when you begin to see it happen, man, it's party time. And you want to grab, I want to grab young people. And I, and I do often and say, look, these are seed sowing days, man. Put the seed of dedication to Christ now and watch your life be transformed. Watch when you get older, the wonderful things that just keep coming and coming and coming. A harvest is a joyful time because everybody's going, this is amazing. It all started with just a bag full of seeds. That's the way it works, folks. That's the way it works. Jesus was committed, wasn't he? He was committed to this secret by even giving his life. And now we're all sitting in the seed. We're all seeds. We're all fruit from that one man who died for us. He was the kernel of wheat that went into the ground and died. And it came up, and the fruit and the harvest continues on. Now he says, now go and do the same thing. That's what he's telling us to do. Give our lives. Give our time. Give our energies. Give of the finances. It all comes from him anyway. The ability to make wealth comes from the hand of God. Folks, let's stand up this evening. Every season is a reminder. Seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest. And God provides the rain. How does the seed grow, Pastor David? God does it. Don't worry about that part. Our part is to just put it in the ground. Lord, we begin tonight with throwing ourselves into the dirt. <laughs> That's where it has to begin. Lord, it's hard for us to give of all the other things when we have not first begun and say, Lord, I'm going to dive into the soil that you place in front of me. I'm going to give up my dreams. I'm going to give up my hopes. I'm not going to try to do it on my own. I'm not going to try to bypass the ways of God. No, no. I'm throwing myself into the furrow in the ground. That's a choice. Lord, we don't want what we have to be taken from us. Lord, some of us, we, we, we don't have much. But it's still a seed. It's still a seed. Lord, I pray that, God, you would help us in these days. That, Lord, up from the ground of a surrendered life, God, will come more opportunities, more reminders to say, seed moment. Sow so that time of prayer. Sow that loving encouragement. Sow that time to look someone in the eye and tell them, God's got this to jump into a small group and, and plumb the depths of, of opportunity of what we can learn in your word. Lord, to, to, to make the most of every opportunity in the one life we've been given. Ultimately, Lord, where we'll bear the biggest fruit is when we get there to, to be with you. Lord, you spoke to me about two years ago. We're called to be an 11 church. And I was like, wow, what does that mean? And then you reminded me, in that parable of the talents, you've given us five talents, and we're going to double them. 
but then you're going to add one more because we're faithful, but because we're doing what you've called us to do. Lord, that's a high calling. That's a difficult calling, but it's a journey you've called us to. And Lord, every one of us are going to bear the fruit because of that. There's a victory over there. Well, that's my victory. It's a victory over on that hill. That's all of our victories. What happens on Saturday, Saturday morning is our victory. What happens on Monday night, it's our victory. What happens in small groups all throughout our communities, it's our victory together. Lord, I pray you'd help us in these days. Lord, to grab a hold of the secret of the kingdom, to not ignore it, but Lord, sow in faith, reap with joy. Sometimes we sow in tears, but Lord, it's from the water of those tears, God, that comes up a wonderful harvest of joy, of peace and provision in every way. Lord, I speak it over your people tonight. I'm speaking it over you, my friends, my brothers, my sisters. You are dear to the, to the heart of God. And Jesus said, look, this is a secret that I'm giving to you. It's a gift. It's a gift of wisdom. It's a gift of knowledge. It is a gift that was hidden from the beginning of time from those who hated God, but now is given to us. Lord, thank you. Thank you for this truth. Lord, may we enjoy it. May we experience it. Lord, may we see its unbelievable and overwhelming exponential outflow in everything we do. Lord, bless us, keep us. Lord, tonight, God, we have, Lord, sown the seed of worship. Lord, we've done damage, Lord, to the kingdom of darkness. Lord, we've listened to the word of God tonight. We've, we've opened our heart to let that word get in us. Lord, may it not return void. May it produce a harvest of faith. Lord, of opportunities. And Lord, we've also given our tithes and offerings. Lord, this seed too. And multiply. God, I pray that, Lord, this would be a season, even though the world is going through an economic struggle, not for your people. Nope. May this be a time of your people laughing in the harvest. Laughing in the harvest because we understand how it works. Tithes, offerings, alms given in faith to the poor. Lord, I bless these people. May they go, God, with the power of God upon them. And may they take advantage of every opportunity led by the Spirit. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. God bless you, folks. If you would like prayer tonight, please come on down. Pastor Jamie will be here. He'd love to stand with you. And he's standing good these days. Amen. Hallelujah. Love you, folks. We'll see you again soon.